the only thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar is It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Casey Smith, who is a uh, managing associate in uh, Hensler Financial Financial Planning Department, or uh, planning, planning and, and implementation. implementation. So you can't. I mean, if you have a plan, it's worthless unless you implement Absolutely. it. Absolutely, right? it's just a good doorstop at that right. point. There we go. KC uh, is a certified financial planner, and uh, on the show with us is none other than Dr. Roger Tuttero. And uh, Dr. Tuttero, I'll be honest with you, I don't know just how to introduce you. I do know that you are our uh, chief economic officer. As well as the uh, uh, or chief economic advisor, yeah. uh, as Does that well make him as the CEO. Well, I mean, sure. Nah, kind of low man <laughs> on the totem pole around got, here. If so. you've got uh, how much how much uh, alphabet soup do you want to throw in behind your name? It's, nah. it's totally up to you. But no, uh, I mean, as you know, I've been an economics professor at KSU for correct. many times on and off over the last twenty five years, and. Right. Uh, and and direct the econometric center there and been longtime friends with Hensler and was honored last year when the Hensler financial uh, contributed uh, support to school and I hold the Hensler financial chair. There you go. Which is great. And so again, y'all have been longtime friends of KSU and I know you're appreciated broadly. Absolutely. Uh, So uh, getting into the numbers, we um, always talk about the S&P 500. If you look year to date, we have a gain of 22% on the S&P 500. Technology is still the big leader, 32.8% or 32.7% on the year. Um, everything positive, all sectors positive. Uh, the worst of it is healthcare, who's up a measly 7.6%. Yeah. Um, real estate, which is a little strange, up 29.5% year to date, and. Uh, Communication services, that's uh, kind of a new one. It's the newest sector uh, as far as naming convention goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moved uh, from just telecommunications to uh, include uh, who all's got in there now. We've got uh, still got the telecommunication companies, so AT&T, Verizon, Mm -hmm. uh, but it also has Disney, um, what, Netflix. There's various others. It's anybody that's in. Comcast in in there. Yeah. Communication so. companies, so it's going to be entertainment as well. Um, if you look on the week, we uh, have got, it'd be good if I kept up with my numbers a little better, <laughs> right? 20 basis points on the S&P 500. It's been kind of a volatile week. Energy uh, making a huge boost, uh, 1.99%. Um, utilities up 1.27%. Real estate Again, toward the top of that list, 1.2%. We do have some losers on the week. Communication services down 60 basis points, or 0.6%. Consumer discretionary down 0.8%. And uh, consumer staples down 0.92%. Now, it's a strange week when you have consumer staples losing and utilities gaining. Yeah, I was going to say, you see the dichotomy there between those two sectors that usually are pretty highly correlated, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, both are, both are known for their dividend payments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a staple like business, meaning it's something that uh, we're going to pay no matter what. It, it's it's uh, not so sensitive to the business cycle as far as their operations go. Uh, if you look on the uh, on the year, the last 12 months, the market is up 5.8 percent. Uh, utilities, the big winner at 24.7 percent gain, and real estate again, number two, 23.44 percent. Energy, the big loser. Down 15 percent in the last. A couple comments I'd make, Troy. You know, one of them is when we talk about the atypical uh, behavior of the staples moving opposite from the utilities this week. I think part of it is that there's a sense that a little bit more of the growth trade is on as opposed to those who are betting on the recession being a done deal. Right. And so, you know, typically you come out of growth and go into staples when you think recession is coming on and you go the other way. So I think that's an interesting thing. But, you know, I think you just made a great point. The key, though, is look over not the last or not not since the beginning of the year, but the last 12 months. Right. And, you know, it reminds us that those folks that were about ready to throw in the towel last December when the market corrected down, uh, they would have they would have missed an opportunity to make up all those losses by trying to time the market and get out at the right time. Yeah. And that's a lesson I know you guys have always been very good about trying to share with your clients and your listeners. Absolutely, yeah. We talk about the 10-year 10 rule, 10 rule around here a lot. Casey probably gets more opportunity than I do to talk to uh, clients and potential clients about that. But basically what we say is uh, in order to allow you to sleep at night, uh, we encourage uh, our clients that have spending needs that they would need to cover from their their invested assets we encourage them to put those uh 10 years worth of uh liquidity spending if you Mm -hmm. will uh into fixed income securities and the remainder of it leaving the equities market let us uh kind of manage the the uh sensitivity to the market in those equities so when we see uh economic downturns coming that we can Kind of get a little more conservative or, you know, stay the course with a, a market-related Yeah, return. we manage the risk in the equity side of the portfolio with the, you know, the, the sector allocations, the weightings within the Correct. various sectors that we're seeing. You know, we're sitting here um, today and recording this on a Thursday, but this is, you know, the, we're almost one year from the top of the market in 2018, almost exactly. It was yeah, 920. Yep. Uh, so so Friday will be 9:20. That's the the top of the market right. as of la- a year ago. So yeah, and from that point to December 24th of 2018, we lost almost 20 percent. 19.36 or something. Seven like that. eight. Seven eight. Was, okay. Yeah. So it, it's interesting if you look at the year, the the 12 month uh, returns on utilities compared to the year to date returns, almost identical. Would would indicate that your most of that return has come. In the, this year, you know, you've got Correct. at the same time, those are the kind of companies that didn't fall as far when we had that that pullback Absolutely. in the fourth quarter last year. Yeah. So and if we looked at a longer term return, we'd probably see that utilities were outpacing the market by a pretty significant amount. Exactly. So, I mean, while we see technology has led the way over the past you know year to date, um, utilities leading the way uh, on the one year where technology is only about uh, 11 only. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good return, 11 and a half percent. Yeah, it's about what we would expect on an annual uh, return for the S&P 500. But of that, you know, 32 percent has come this year. So you, uh, technology took a big hit at the in the fourth quarter. So that's what I say when I mean we're we're being strategic about how we allocate within the equity side. On the fixed income side, you know, that's relatively easy if you do your planning right. You know how to how to 
allocate your money so that you're setting aside 10 years worth of liquidity uh, in fixed income investments. But on the equity side, we, we still want to manage that so that, um, you know, we're, we're in tune with the market um, and, and trying to go down not as far when the market's going down and, and hopefully we can keep pace with it when the market's going up. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a twofold uh, focus with uh, inflation being at the center of both. Um, yeah. You know, you, with the money that we have set aside for spending, we want to make sure that we at least mark time with inflation, if not a little better, but we don't expect to, uh, you know, set the world on fire with a, with those investments and then uh, grow well. So, uh, you know, a focus again on inflation, whereas we outpace inflation by a significant margin with those equity returns. Um, we do have some information uh, from the economy this week. Uh, retail sales growth slowed less than expected. Now, that's a, that's a mouthful of words that means, <laughs> yeah, it's slowing, but not as bad as we thought. Uh, so uh, that was just for August. Sales grew at 0.4% following uh, July's revised 0.8% growth. So you can see it's still growing, but uh, not at quite a brisk, as brisk a pace um, in the economy. Uh, big news out this week was FOMC monetary policy. And uh, Dr. Tuttero, you might have something to throw in here, but uh, basically we got a rate cut. We got a 0.25% uh, cut in uh, the overnight lending rate from mm-hmm. the Fed, and uh, it was expected. I look at the right. options all the time. Uh, you know, we had like a 96.3% probability of a rate cut going into uh, Wednesday when we right. saw that cut actually come to fruition. Uh, but it was kind of strange. We saw a lot of disagreement in the in the details. Well, you know, when when you're at a clear, um, when sometimes you're in a situation where it's clear where the economy's heading, and you get unanimity from the voting members, of the FOMC. Uh, this is not one of those times. There were dissensions, uh, and one one uh, voter uh, actually wanted to have t- uh, a 50 basis point rate cut. Right. A couple did not want to cut. At and, all, right? At, at all, that's yeah. right. And, and I think to uh, to Chairman Powell's credit, he's trying to have a very open dialogue. And um, I, I personally think that the pressure for rate cuts is maybe a little bit overdone. Uh, but you were right. Fed funds futures had it all but a foregone conclusion they were going to cut rates. And now I think it's running about a about a 55, 60% chance they'll get another rate cut in one of the next two meetings. But, right, yeah. But, again, I try to caution people from pretending like we have too much clarity from those futures markets about the next year. If you go back to last December, Fed Funds Futures was handicapping three rate hikes in 2019. Correct. So I think the futures markets are pretty good for the next meeting or two. Beyond that, I think they're so thinly traded that it's hard to give too much credibility to those probabilities. Yeah, I think December is when, you know, the actual numbers are uh, showing definite cut, probably around 60%. We did have a couple of things that we wanted to cover uh, economic releases um, for the week, uh, one of which was retail. Uh, well, we talked about that one, didn't we? Yeah, before the break, we referenced retail sales. But I right. guess I would step back to it for a moment and say it's it's really good to see several strong months from retail sales because, if you recall, last December, we got a very pronounced monthly drop. Now, it's a seasonally adjusted basis. Sure. But the pullback in retail sales last December was a little bit unnerving. And that's clearly still affecting the year-over-year comparisons. But the other interesting part is that part of the gain in the retail sales was strong performance uh, at the vehicle dealers. And that had been one of our concerns going into 2019, is that the pace of motor vehicle consumption uh, was expected to moderate. And it has done to some degree, but it's good news to see that that part of the retail sales is holding up okay. 
Uh, obviously, consumer sentiment uh, dropped back in August, and the preliminary read for September is, is, is maintaining where it was. Uh, we're still in what we would consider a normal range, but it's it's back. It's it's the lowest it's been since probably the summer of 2016. Yeah. Nothing problematic, but a little bit of the euphoria has worn off, and we worry about that as you and I talk about Main Street America is best reflected probably in the consumption and retail sales data. Right, yeah. Uh, one thing that I have noticed, and this, this still seems to be the case, uh, the current situation, the, the uh, polling always has two uh, aspects. One is the current situation. The other is the expectations. Right. The current situation has been strong, the stronger the two for quite some time. Uh, and expectations, I guess, because we hear on the news about uh, trade wars and, you know, some of the things that don't seem to be positives. Uh, you know, the consumer has been expecting a slowdown. But I really believe the consumer is is uh, one of the main keys to, to our economic growth. As long as we, uh, you know, as long as they continue to purchase. And why would they continue to purchase? Well, they all have jobs. We've got low employment or uh, unemployment numbers. Right. As well as, um, you know, their wages are beginning to grow as well. And you're right. In the Michigan survey, there's five questions that drive the index. Two of them are current condition questions, three are forward-looking expectation questions. And so, you know, coverage of news stories and the debate we have about trade and tariffs, all these things clearly can weigh on consumer expectations. But it is also worth noting that's the component of the the, um, sentiment numbers that is one of the 10 leading economic indicators. And so it's the forward-looking part, so we do want to continue to keep our eye on that. Right. But at the end of the day, I think you're right. I think nothing probably sways consumer confidence more than am I employed and do I have good job security? And I think uh, it is a good time to be on the worker side of the equation right now. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break here. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. Uh, we'll come back with a case study. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.